You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venezia, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. Has our lives had the same kind of an effect, have the same kind of an impact on the ungodly? Let's say, for example, at your place of employment, do people even know that you're Christian? Members of your immediate family, do they even know where you're going on Sunday morning? What kind of an impact have you had on other people? In your sphere of influence, in your circle of friends, by the way that you live your life, does that cause other people to inquire of the God that you serve? Do you know that people are watching the way you live? Your friends, co-workers, friends and family are watching to see what's different about you versus the way everyone else around them in this world act. Today in his message, Pastor Mike walks us through the amazing life that Joseph lived in the Old Testament. Pastor Mike encourages us to live differently than those around us so that we might make an impact in our community. It's not easy, but God is with you, and He'll give you the strength. Now, here's Pastor Mike in the book of Genesis, chapter 39, as he begins his message, Rags to Riches. Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 6. This morning's message the title is Rags to Riches. Rags to Riches. This morning's uh, message really is all about success. Not prosperity, you know, the prosperity teaching kind of uh, doctrine, which is a false doctrine and teaching, but, you know, just success. God working in us and through us. That everything we put our hands to would prosper for His glory. And so that's really what we're going to be addressing this morning. That's the subject that we're going to be talking about. So with that said, let's go ahead and read our text. So chapter 39, verses 1 through 6. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, remember, betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And the master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. And so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. And so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. 
and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. And thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Interesting that that little tidbit was added to this text that we're treating this morning, but I'll explain why in just a moment. But let's begin in a word of prayer. Father, we pray now that you bless the remainder of our time together this morning, God, as we treat this text of Scripture. Father, I know that it's your desire that your people be successful in whatever field, whatever endeavor, whatever they put their hand to, for your glory, that you might receive the glory and the praise. Lord, that's the business that you're in. And so, Lord, I, I pray that this message would lend itself to that end. Lord, I pray that this message would be tailored to meet specific needs. Lord, that it would speak one thing to one person and another thing to another person, but every one of us that's present this morning would be enriched and encouraged and strengthened and drawn closer to you this morning for having participated in this service. And now, Lord, just settle our hearts. Lord, help us to be ready to receive. Father, we appeal to the great teacher who is the Holy Spirit to just move amongst us. May we just make ourselves available to him and to that ministry this morning. God, we thank you. Now, Lord, I pray that there would be a powerful anointing upon your word as it goes forward, that it would bear fruit in our lives, again, to your glory. For we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So once again, this morning's message, rags to riches. Now, an observation. I think we're all familiar with those success stories of different individuals, people who overcame great obstacles, who had nothing, who came from nothing. Guys like Colin Powell, if you will. Think about it. Guy from our backyard, right? Who went to one of the uh, city schools right here in, in New York. Think about the, the way that he was elevated to positions within the government. Or someone like Bill Gates, who both had nothing, came from nothing, but made a go of it. Maybe they got lucky, yes. But nevertheless, they beat the odds. I mean, as a culture and as a society, I, I think the truth of the matter is that we're all fascinated with the subject of success. And we place an awful high premium upon it. Wouldn't you agree? Well, the emphasis of this section here in our series in the book of Genesis is not about being in the right place at the right time, or applying oneself, or hard work, or commitment to get the job done, or having some uncanny, magnificent abilities, but rather, this morning's message is all about God who promotes those who serve Him. And I want you to think about in all of the different realms of life. So this message would therefore also apply to spiritual things, like, for example, the ministry. If you're called to ministry, you know, the principles, the, the formulas that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning would also apply to me and the success of my ministry and my affecting people for Christ, sharing the gospel with them, helping them to instill within them a godly heritage for themselves and their family. So this morning's message applies to spiritual ministry, it also applies to secular business, work, and also family success. So it's an all-encompassing message. 
Now notice how our text attributes Joseph's success to his relationship with God, not on the basis of his abilities. Notice, go back to verses 2 and 3. It says in verse 2, for example, the Lord was with Joseph. In verse 3, and the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So what conclusions do we come to? Well, Joseph was successful because the Lord was with him. But even more importantly, he was successful because Joseph was with the Lord. You know, God is more than willing and able to be with us. He's ready to be with us, right? But, you know, he'll only go as far as not interfering with our own free will, our capacity to choose. He's made us free moral agents. I guess the brunt of the responsibility then falls upon us. Are we going to be with God? God is more than willing to be with us. But I think the real question that needs to be addressed here is, are we willing to be with God? And such was the case with Joseph in all of his circumstances and everything that was a part of his life's experience. So this morning we want to talk about blessing. We want to talk about prosperity. We want to talk about the excellent life, right? I mean, mama didn't raise no fools. You guys aren't fools, right? You didn't give your life to Christ because you had some kind of a martyr's complex, right? You want to receive all of the benefits and perks of being a child of God. Now, again, don't miss on This is not a prosperity teaching, you know, that whole crazy thing. You know, God wants you to have all of these monies and drive Porsches and have houses out in the Hamptons. You know, if God should bless that way, we'll praise the Lord. You know, that's what God has provided for your needs. That's not what I'm talking about here. We're talking about the excellent life, a caliber, a quality of life. In fact, Jesus himself said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Listen, I didn't give my life to Christ because I had a martyr's complex. I had this desire to, you know, always be dragging around the wooden cross, you know, wherever I go, right? Although that is a part of discipleship, right? But I want to derive the benefits of being a child of God. I want to experience the excellent life. Now, Martin Luther, the great reformer, he spent a lot of time, if you've read anything that he's written, Luther spent a lot of time pondering, addressing the subject of the excellent life in his writings. And he was absolutely convinced that all of the world's blessings existed not for the world's sake, not for the unbeliever's sake, but rather for the sake of God's people who live in the world. Now today that would be things like and include freedom, a healthy economy, medical and technological advances, those kinds of things. It would include all of those things. In fact, Luther commenting on this particular subject points to, in this section, in his commentary on the book of Genesis, points to Jacob's uncle Laban, right, who was, was the beneficiary of God's blessing and anointing upon Jacob's life. For example, and we've already we looked at this in one of our past studies, but if you go quickly back to, in Genesis chapter 30, just go back a couple of chapters, if you would, for a moment, in Genesis chapter 30 and verse 27, 
And I, and I think that this validates the, the claim. That is, that the world's blessings exist not for the world's sake, but for the sake of God's people who live in the world. Notice what is recorded for us in Genesis chapter 30 and verse 27. And this is Jacob's uncle Laban. This is his testimony. And Laban said to him, that is to Jacob, please stay, for if I found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. So do you see that there? You know, Luther went on to say, quoting Luther now in his writings, he said, and I quote, the world cannot boast of being worthy of its physical life for even one moment, but that on account of the gospel. God bestows bountifully all things, even on our most wicked and worst enemies. And so all around us, all of the people around us, because we are believers, because we are a child of God, because we've made that decision for Christ, other people are as well beneficiaries of God's blessing. Now listen, Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, who we're introduced to here in the first couple of verses of chapter 39, believed this to be true. You see, he was very close to this situation. He knew that God was with Joseph. And he knew that God was the source of Joseph's success and that he was the beneficiary of that work. Because notice in verse 3, go back to our text here in chapter 39. It says, And his master, that is Potiphar, Joseph's master Potiphar, saw that the Lord was with him, Joseph, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Now, let's, let's go back for a moment. Remember what I said in, in some of my opening statements. This is all-encompassing. It has to do with personal ministry, so I'm concerned about it. I want to know the secrets to being a blessing to the people that I serve, really making a difference in the life of the people that I minister to particularly in the messages that I share with you, something that's going to encourage you and help you in your walk in your relationship with the Lord. But isn't this true also at your places of employment? Don't you want to have that same effect at your place of employment? Don't you want to have that same kind of effect within your family? Don't you want to be able to offer those things to your children? Right? Don't you want your children to continue to walk with the Lord even as you walk with the Lord? So therein lies the value of this sort of a message. So thus, Joseph's life brought praise to God from an important officer in a pagan realm. Think about that influence that he had over him. Now, here's a question. Let me for a moment just depart from our text to raise this question. Has our lives had the same kind of an effect, had the same kind of an impact on the ungodly? Let's say, for example, at your place of employment, do people even know that you're Christian? Members of your immediate family, do they even know where you're going on Sunday morning? What kind of an impact have you had on other people? In your sphere of influence, in your circle of friends, by the way that you live your life, does that cause other people to inquire of the God that you serve? That's an important question. And I don't want anyone to offer any kind of an audible answer, but something to ponder, something to consider, something to think about. But then there's an also another side of the coin here, because we need to beware. It can have the opposite effect as well. That is, if we're not living up to God's standards, 
If we're not holding ourselves to a higher standard in the way that we live than everyone else. Well, okay, the people at your place of employment, they know that you're a Christian, but your life doesn't line up with what you're preaching. You know, think about what is recorded first in the book of Romans in chapter 2 and verse 24 in the form of a rebuke. Paul writing to the church at Rome, and he's reminding the Jews, and you got to understand, you know, most of the early church, the first century church, was made up of Jewish believers. And so Paul is reminding the Jews in Romans chapter 2 and verse 24 that because of them, that is the way that they lived their lives, God's name was being blasphemed among the Gentiles. Oh, God help us. God help us. You know, people come to the conclusions of what a Christian looks like and who the God is that you know and that you serve on the basis of the way that you live your life. Let me tell you something. They're going to read your life verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, and what conclusions are they going to come to? Now, Potiphar was also smart enough to take advantage of Joseph's favor of God. Let's go back to our text. Notice the latter part of verse 4. Let me read that again for you one more time. Then he made him overseer of his house. Why? Because he knew that God, he had favor with God, that God's blessing and anointing was upon him. And all that he had, he put under his authority. So Potiphar was smart enough, right, to take advantage of the fact that God's favor was with Joseph. Now remember, early on in our series, well, actually not early on, because we've only been introduced to Joseph, I guess, what, two weeks ago, but no less than 14 chapters are devoted to this man's life, equal to the amount of chapters that were devoted to Abraham, the father of the faith. That's by design, folks, design of God's Holy Spirit. There's so many lessons for us to learn. But when we begin our, if you will, series, our Genesis series, origin series, since then, and when we were introduced to now Joseph in our cast of characters, I suggested to you, now it becomes sort of like a, a series within a series. Joseph, the mini-series, if you will. But when we were first introduced to Joseph, I think like two weeks ago, I had mentioned the many similarities between Joseph's life and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, how that, remember, when his father Jacob sent him to inquire about his brothers who were tending to Jacob's flocks down in Haran, as they saw him coming, the younger son with the coat of many colors, remember the sibling rivalry that existed between them, and the dreams that he dreamt, only to make matters worse, you know, how that God would favor him, how that dad would favor him, and that he would have preeminence over even his mother and father and then all of his brothers, which only fueled the sibling rivalry, they sought to kill him. And remember, they threw Joseph into that hole with murderous intent uh, within their heart. And so you say, well, how is that similar to Jesus? Well, remember, Jesus, the Bible tells us in the Gospel of John, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Who is he referring to there? John. The Jews. So anyway, as, we, as we're going to move through this mini-series within our series here in Origins, in the book of Genesis, there are many parallels, similarities, if you will, 
analogies between Jesus and Joseph. Now, here's another one. Even as favor was upon Joseph, I want you to think about this as it relates to Jesus. In Luke's Gospel in chapter 2, in verse 52. In Luke's Gospel in chapter 2, in verse 52. You could turn in your Bibles, if you would. But notice this, so Joseph found favor in his sight. So hang on to that idea. Okay, so here's Luke chapter 2 and 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. Now, what is this referring to here? Well, remember now, Jesus just began his public ministry. And he began that ministry when he was approximately, this is subject to speculation, but most people believe The reason why they believe this is that because when a priest would begin his ministry, he had to be 33 years of age. And so many people believe that Jesus began his earthly ministry when he was 33 years of age as well. So this idea here that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, very similar to what we've just read in our text here in Genesis, it referenced to Jesus increased mentally, Jesus increased physically, Jesus increased spiritually, and Jesus increased socially. Yes, and I know he was God incarnate, but he still, remember, he subjected himself to some of the same things that we subject ourselves to, or the the processes that we go through. It's a progression, right, of growing up. Now, notice with Jesus, this happened over a considerable period of time. How many years? Well, what did I just say? 33 years. Now, this was also true of Joseph. There's a progression here. You see, God prospered him when he was a menial slave, when he was first brought down to Egypt. Remember, he was sold by his brothers. There was a caravan of Midianites, or rather Ishmaelites, that were going down to trade their goods in Egypt. They thought they'd make a couple of dollars by selling their brother Joseph into slavery, so off he goes. And now they're down in Egypt. Joseph is placed upon the slave block. And wouldn't you know it, this is all ordained by God. This has all been worked out in the eternal counsels of God, all been predetermined, right? And he's bought by this fellow who we're introduced to here, one of Pharaoh's chief officers, Potiphar, right? But when he first went into the employee of Potiphar, he was given menial tasks to do. So at first, he was just simply a menial slave. But over a period of time, his owner, Potiphar, discovered that Joseph did his work and did his work well. In my father's house, there's a place for You've been listening to Pastor Mike Fenizio here on In My Father's House. He is working his way through the book of Genesis. If you were blessed by today's message and want to pass along the blessing, you can find a link to give to the ministry on our website, harvestnyc.org. We have so much available to you there. 
including many audio messages and links to streamed messages. We stream every Sunday and Thursday service. Once again, that's harvestnyc.org. Another way to pass along the blessing is to share the messages with someone else. Maybe God put someone on your heart today as you listened. You can send them the links as well. In My Father's House is a ministry out of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Midtown Manhattan, New York City. We're easy to find, with access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. Come by and see us. But if you're from another part of the country or world, we'd love to know. Please send us a quick note at harvestnyc at verizon.net. That's harvestnyc at verizon.net. It's a great encouragement to Pastor Mike and the team at In My Father's House to hear where these messages are being listened to. There is nothing more beautiful than the global body of Christ. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to our podcast for daily doses of the word. Just go to Spotify and search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio. And then just click follow. Well, we have filled our time for today. Come back and see us again, because there's no better place to be than in my Father's house with you. 